may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome to The View from the Ninian, sponsored by Terrace Badger. Terrace Badger started in 2022, and they create great custom-designed t-shirts based on football clubs and songs sung on terraces. We're proud to partner with a locally-run business, and you can get 15% off at terracebadger.com with the code VFTN15. That's VFTN15. Thanks for sponsoring us. Welcome to another episode of The View from the Ninian, where we'll be reflecting on Cardiff's 2-0 loss to Norwich. It's something we expected, but we still have to talk about it. A bit like when the Queen died. Ben Price, Tom Phillips, joining me as usual. Ben, how are you doing? Yeah, it's fine for that. Seemingly, like, I didn't think I'd ever say that's an unnecessary dig at the Queen, but here we are. This podcast (laughs) has got off to a strange start. I honestly don't know what I'm saying. Tom, how are you? Good, yeah, nearly chugged on my water because I really wasn't expecting you to do that then. But yeah, no, I up. wasn't expecting myself to say it either. It was one of those things that really came from the, the 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 dark recesses of my mind. I've done it now. I've said it. I guess we've got to carry on and move quickly onto the podcast. Um, one game to talk about this week: Ben Price, the two 0 loss at Carrow Road on Saturday. Um, I mean, it was to be expected, wasn't it? It wasn't. It wasn't. I sort of come away from it feeling like we could have got a point at least out of it. Like the first half hour, I thought we were like, set off off before we start recording. Like I thought we were by far the better team until they scored. And then it sort of fell very flat from us, but I thought we were right. To be honest, I felt like, yeah, Norwich weren't anything special until they scored. And it took what a player on loan from Arsenal. Who's like, and the commentary team for Norwich delighted in saying it was Brazilian. I think he said Brazilian about 600 times. Um, say he was resilient. Yeah. He was Brazilian, to be honest. It was a Brazilian strike. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just one of those, wasn't it? It was just one of those games where we probably should have got a point, but we were a bit crap for 20 minutes. Um, Tom, we were okay in the first sort of half an hour, but in that within that first half an hour, we didn't really create any clear-cut chances, did we? Like, we had a lot of the ball... We had a few good attacks, which weren't ended up in corners, a, a long-range shot that went over, but there was nothing that really tested the goalkeeper, was there? No, not really. Like, Romeo's effort was kind of straight down the middle. Yeah. There was there was a lot of promise, and we got some great positions. And you could tell the, the Norwich fans were quite nervy as well, because yeah. we were on top. And because we weren't expecting it, the fans were kind of taking the piss out of the home fans, which was quite nice to see for a bit. But then that quickly ended uh, by the half-hour mark. But I think it did feel like a missed opportunity that half hour. I don't think we went for the juggler as much as we should have. I think we could have thrown a couple more bodies forward, get into the yeah. box a little bit more. But you can see we're a team that lacked goals. We're a team that lacked confidence. And then when when, when we conceded that first goal, that lack of confidence came shining through. And I think, um, like this season, I think we've got something like two points from losing positions all season. And you can tell. Yeah. Like it just instantly went flat on the pitch, off the pitch. And where I think after the first half, those two quick succession goals, like it was unfortunate. We were then lucky not to get absolutely battered for the first time this season, I think, um, because we just created nothing from then on. It was a great first half hour, and then a very, very poor show in thereafter. And does, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the goals and who's at fault and all that kind of stuff shortly, but. It kind of that first half kind of felt like our season in a nutshell, didn't it? You know, to your point, we 
we played well for the first sort of 25 minutes, 30 minutes. We we had a lot of the ball. We, we, we kind of created, you know, a couple of small chances, perhaps didn't test the keeper enough. And then two quick goals, one quick goal, whatever it was, you know, absolutely killed the game, didn't it? Yeah. Um, like you said, it sums up the season to a T. Um, rinse and repeat from probably half the podcast this season of played all right, just didn't do it, weren't clinical enough, didn't find that cutting edge. Um, mm-hmm. And that, like, if if we were lucky, the results went our way elsewhere to stop us being really pulled into the shit a bit more. But um, yeah, if the worst does happen and we do go down, then that is going to be the reason we go down. It's not going to be because we conceded so many. It's just we lack that. It's just cutting, killing edge. You can sort of see even like Romeo gets to a good place and he takes the wrong choice because Wickham was yeah. there to be played yeah. through. Yeah. He was. And I think that's what eventually called, caused him to be subbed at half time because uh, Lamucci was fuming on the touchline with him. And rightly so. It's just bad decision-making in that final third. Again, it's just, um, yeah, sums up the season perfectly. Bom, let's talk about their first goal. Um, I, I watched it, obviously, in the ground. Um, when it went in, I was like, oh, that's a good strike. But then you watch it back on the highlights. Goes through about three players and the goalkeeper. Um, you know, we kind of let them pass it around a little bit. Um, who's who's who are you blaming for that goal? We've had a few people on Twitter. We'll get to it, suggesting that Olsop might be at fault. Sawyer's was very weak with his block. McGuinness let the ball go through him. You, you could blame any any one of them, couldn't you? Yeah, or all. Um, no, I think I think Olsop has got to do better. I feel like we've said this countless times this year, where he hasn't made. A huge amount of glaring mistake. Like the odd like drag back hasn't gone well here and there. But I mean like he hasn't really fumbled too much. Yeah. But he just should be doing better with that. And if you had a better keeper, you know, you'd expect him to save it. Like it's not better than what we've had in the past, really, with like the likes of Dylan Phillips and people like that. Like I don't think he's shining as a keeper for us. And we've actually lost that, you know, the playing from the back that he was doing earlier in the season. We haven't even got that side of him anymore because we've kind of changed the attack going forward so yeah I blame him for that but I think then I think we'll get on to the second goal as well I think we've got a a problem where we're not closing people down quick enough Mm -hmm. and I feel like I've seen that so many times this year where you know we're not scoring many goals from outside the box but there's a hell of a lot of them going in against us it feels like because we're just not getting to people quick enough and yeah it was the story for both goals but I am getting a bit frustrated with Allsop now because I think, you know, there's there's quite a lot of points we've probably dropped this season due to just a keeper not being quite good enough. And there's, you know, there's probably a reason he's been relegated a couple of times in the past looking at it now, because I just don't think he's good enough. He's not good enough shot stopper for this level. Um, Who was it on Twitter who said something? Let me see if I can find it. Um, Yeah, so Giggsy commented on Twitter basically saying, you put the point across before and on the last last pod, but possible question marks over Olsop. Should he have done better with the first goal? And the BBC Norfolk commentary team loved pointing out that he's been relegated in his last two seasons with Wickham and Derby. So um, to your point, Tom, he should have done better. Ben, on the second goal, um, you know, much of the same, really, even though it was inside the box or right on the edge of the box. I, you know, I've watched it a couple of times. I you know, can't, don't really remember. But again, didn't cut out the cross, let them have the ball, didn't really get out to them. Ball comes in, no one blocks it, and and, and Olsop makes a bit of a meal of it. Um, it's, it's two avoidable goals, isn't it? Yeah, it's again shooting themselves in the foot. It's they, I think near enough every goal we've conceded this season has been from a lapse, like sort of defensive error. There's not been too many we've looked and gone, our oh, fair play, that's a hell of a strike. Like, there's nothing anyone could have done. I think every goal could be cut out. I think both goals, again, both goals are just 
like you said, a mix. Like I'll always stick up for goalkeepers, but yeah, also should do better for both shots. But the defenders can cut all of those out before that. Yeah. Like players, just it's it's not like it's a big distance off either. It's being switched on half a second sooner and stepping onto the man and just cutting out that ball through or those passes coming in. That would just eliminate so many things. But we just seem. I don't know if it's a lack of confidence or because I don't think it's a lack of fitness because the lads are given everything and they're on, they're like going until the end of the match. They just seem to be that half a second behind other teams that are in form. And I'm, I'm guessing that just must be down to confidence. I think it's like they're second guessing themselves, right? I think if you're, if you're a team playing well or you're, 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 you're you know, you're, you're winning games and you're confident, like you, you, you do things without kind of thinking about it. It looks like there are times where, you know, with the first goal in particular, like, Sawyer's and Keeper are both kind of like, should I get out there? Does he get out there? And Sawyer's is a bit lackluster and he's a bit slow and he jumps over the ball and Keeper gets nowhere near it. McGuinness tries to readjust his feet and he misses it. Like, you know, there's three players there who've all probably second-guessed themselves a little bit and it and it's caused a goal, basically. But I think you're right, you know, when you look at the first goal, the, the guy rolls out his feet, has all the time in the world to take a shot, picks his spot and does it. You know, we, we've not done that this season, have we? Every every time a player looks like they get through on goal, sometimes they don't look confident. The, the, the Romeo one, like... If he was confident, he would have just played it through to Wickham without even thinking about it. Instead, he takes a pretty weak shot. And I don't think it was a terrible idea to shoot from there because if you if you hit it well enough and you you know defenders are distracted by the other striker, it might go in. But it's that decision making that's letting us down, isn't it? I think it depends the player as well. I think if you've got Philogene or Odauda in that position, take the shot you're well entitled to. Yeah. I think when you're a right back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you've got to go. There's a reason I'm playing this position. I'm not scoring. Um, I better look for the pass here. Yeah. Um, it's not like <laughs> he's he's a he's not like he's Trent Alexander Arnold, the goal scoring right back. Um, no, no, it, Trent Alexander Arnold these days. That's true. Hasn't scored any free kicks for a while, has he? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's just those. It's just little decisions, and it? it's it's mental how much they're costing us throughout the rest of the season. And Tom, um, you know, we were in the ground. Um, the the, the everything just kind of flattened from there didn't it you know I think the second goal goes in everyone realizes that Cardiff probably aren't getting back into the game game over yeah yeah oh like god like I said earlier on on and off the pitch is that kind of well that's done then where yeah. I don't think I think in the past I don't think I've ever felt completely out of a game of 2-0 no like uh, but now as soon as that second one going and it was so quick after the first one it, it just felt like it was inevitable wasn't it and it was almost waiting for the final whistle, even though there was over well over an hour left. Like it just felt like, oh well, we're done here. We've come a long way. We're we're losing two 0 There we go. Let's concentrate on having a nice day out because the football's done and dusted. But it's a pity it's like that because I don't know. It's like a vicious circle, right? You kind of want to get the atmosphere going in the sideline to spur the players on, but you want some product on the pitch to get the fans going. Yeah. But at the moment, there's nothing happening, and I think you know we've had two wins on the bounce, but that. It's not enough for us to, to kind of galvanize the club to get that confidence back yet. And it's a pity it was a bit drab. You know, there's no shame in losing 2 0 away at Norwich. I think it's just the manner of, you know, dominate not dominating, but being the better team for half hour, getting nothing from it, and then the damp squib thereafter. Because it was a great chance. If we got anything from that game to really like bounce on, yeah, you know, galvanize and, momentum. and it does feel like a little bit of a missed opportunity. But you know, isolated, not a bad result, but just you know, the nature of it is a little bit disappointing. Like on paper, the Norwich commentators um, were obsessing over how if Norwich has scored under Wagner, they've scored three goals each time. So they've got goals in them. Like it's not like it's 
even if we did take a patient against them, like it could have happened. It wasn't, it wouldn't have been, we wouldn't would, have been, yeah, it would have been unfair. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, this isn't, it's not, I, it's, we've, we've done pods recently where we've been very doom and gloom when we've lost and sort of, it's been the end. It felt a bit like it's the end of the world. It doesn't feel like that with this one. Like, like you said, part of it feels sort of, that it was partly inevitable, but also it feels like it wasn't so bad that there wasn't like little positives or sort of glimmers to yeah. take into it, into the next one. So like it's it's not I think already people can tell it's not gonna be the most positive podcast, but I don't think it's gonna be the most negative sort of dour one either, which is I think it's gonna be it's this... gonna be whelming. We're not gonna be overwhelmed, we're not gonna be underwhelmed, we're just gonna be whelmed. You from the Ninian, whelming. Whelming. I think, I think you know, I think it's how we react now, isn't it? With a game like that. You know, after two great results and then that against a team we expect to lose against is how we react. So you know, I'm just waiting on next week you now to see if we have got that character and a bit of confidence there to try and kick on again. Um, ben, it was it was quite interesting that we saw three subs at half time. Um, clearly, Mucci kind of probably read them the right act in the um, in the dressing room. Uh, Wickham went off, Romeo went off, Joe Rolls went off, and on came Rinomota, Etete, and Kaba. Um, I I think we 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 talked earlier in the season about how underrated Winter was, and all you know, it became a running joke, but. The current midfield, the midfield that started the game of Wintel, Rawls and Sawyers, does that work for you? Watching the game on Saturday, it felt very static. Yeah, I think you can have two out of those three playing yeah. at any time. Um, I don't think Joe Rawls works in a 10. I think in that system, I can see what he's trying to do. He wanted someone sort of a bit further the field breaking the play up, which Rawls can do. But I think if in that, I don't know, I feel like Renamato would have been the better option there. If you're looking for someone with a lot more energy and sort of dynamicism and sort of create stuff, I feel like he'd be a better player there for us. Um, yeah, the three of them together, I think, hasn't really worked all season. Um, the Sawyer's revival sort of took a bit of a hit, I think. It, but again, not entirely his fault. I thought he was the yeah, best yeah. Out, of, out of the three yeah. again. It's just, yeah, those three definitely don't work together. And I th- I'm really worried about the downfall of Joe Rawls at the moment because... He was poor. It's not very often I'd say someone like Rawls deserves to be taken off at half time. He was but... anonymous. He was anonymous, wasn't he? Yeah. Didn't do what he needed to do and was rightly subbed. And when, Ben, for you, do you take Wintle off corners? About three weeks ago. Yeah. He cannot he can't beat, beat the first man. man. It's no, horrific. It's frustrating. It's so frustrating. It's We've got big men. We've got, you know, as well. there's, uh, you know, on the pitch at some point you had Kaba, Kipre, McGuinness. Um, I know Tete was on it, but he went off. Wickham was on it, and he went off. And you've got four or five pe- big, big, big blokes to aim for, and he can't get it past the first man at any point. But it's even worse when we're doing short corners, then punt it in, and he still can't be the first man. Eventually, yeah. you've got to go, right, hold uh, and stick someone like Perry and G to do it. And when it just covers the wing, the wing back position or the centre back position, it's just, it's infuriating how often it happens as well. Um, yeah, he must be really good in training or something for him to be keep being on them because it's just not fucking happening in games and it's driving me mad. Um, Tom, was it worrying for you? Obviously, Robbo out out until the Swansea game. Was it worrying for you how how flat we looked without him? Um, I think we we've probably taken for granted really how much Callum Robertson makes us tick, and it's when you when he doesn't play, you realise how much running he does and how much space he makes for other people. Oh yeah, definitely. It's huge that he's missing for was it another four games? I think they're saying, and I think mm-hmm. that that's massive. I know we've got a couple more options up up top now that we didn't have before. Thank God we have something there, but it still feels like we're lacking a bit of intensity. I think 
I think we were hoping that Isaac Davis would be back in that sort of role, his sort of pace that we've seen in the past. Um, because without Robinson, yeah, we're really lacking. I still don't think Robinson has hit the I don't know the heights that we hoped, but he's still <laughs> by far our only kind of spark in that area, and we really, really do rely on him. Um, but yeah, I I do fear for us a little bit without him over the next because we've got a we've got a few massive games coming up, and we could have really done with him in the squad because. You know, like you said earlier on, we're looking okay at the back largely, but we are really struggling up top. And he he was a, he has been our only hope recently. Um, Ben, we talked about Wintel on free uh, on corners. Let's talk about Perry and G on free kicks. Um, obviously he scored that one the other week against Birmingham, and he had a pretty good effort against Norwich on Saturday. Um, what's the? I suppose the question is, why hasn't been? Why has he been on free kicks all season? Where's this come from? I, I don't think we've had too many, to be honest, have we? I think that's, that's true. again part that's of the true. issue. There's not been many for him to take. Um, yeah. yeah, it's weird how he suddenly turned into James Ward Price and David Beckham combined, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, his shithousing ability is fallen off a cliff, but he has suddenly become very good at free kicks. So yeah, he, rather... flapped it, he flapped it at Luton away. He got found out big he, time he there. He did it again against Norwich as well. There was um, one centre-backs, Hanley maybe, sort of, nudged into him and he tried getting him sent off and just made himself look like a right pillock. It's just, <laughs> it's not happening for him at the moment. Um, yeah. And then he told the ref to fuck off and almost got booked. So yeah, it's classic Perry NG. Um, Tom, we, we hit the post, but that was, you know, that and the NG free kick was it really, wasn't it? It was, it, it was pretty flat all around. The, the police were watching the, the fans in the crowd quite a lot, but there was nothing really happening. Was there? No. Yeah, it wasn't like that was the only moment really that Village in it like off the post. But to be honest, it felt I don't know, even then it might have given us a bit more life, but a bit of pep. A bit of pep, maybe, but yeah, it was a pretty flat day all around. Because I don't know. It's a bit of a it's a strange atmosphere there anyway. It's quite hard to get anything going when you're not getting anything back off the other side as well. It was just like a oh, it's a nice day to watch football, which is fine. You know, it doesn't have to be boisterous all the time. But I don't know. It's just like fun, something. though. It is fun shouting at people, isn't it? Winding people up, but there was no one to wind up. They were no. just clapping along nicely and stuff. Bit of a pity, yeah. really. Just there too. Yeah. Nice. Well, they seem to be having a lovely time. I don't want to ruin their day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be my usual horrible self and call a child a wanker. I'm just going to get on with <laughs> get on with my day and leave them to it. And no, it is. To be honest, it was my first time at Carrow Road, and um. It's a nice, it's, it's a nice ground. It's quite, quite big, but quite old school in its architecture. Um, the pitch looked nice. It's in a nice little town. I'd give it a seven out of ten, I think. Uh, they put us in a Premier Inn though, as our designated pub, which is a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> they did, yeah. But um, there we that's... go. Yeah. <laughs> did find a, did find an Irish bar afterwards though, where someone called me Jeffrey Dar Jeffrey Dharma. So um, oh, that. is that what that was about? <laughs> yeah, someone called me Jeffrey Dharma. He went, he, he was he was a bit weird himself, but he, he pointed at me and said, "You look like Jeffrey Dharma." Um, I don't know. Do I? It tickled me anyway. <laughs> I, I I can see it now. They've said it. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake! I've never done any murders though. I know that for certain. Um, You're on right. Your Honor, yeah, this is my um, this is my uh, this is my uh, guilt non not guilty plea, not guilty plea, fucking hell. <laughs> um, ben, despite us losing on Saturday, obviously, um, other results kind of went our way. Um, we're still four points above Huddersfield. They obviously lost four nil at the weekend to Burnley, but 
despite them losing 4-0 to Burnley, do you still worry about them because Warnock's in there? Obviously, you know, if you want a manager who you're going to have a big loss, you know, Burnley are going to be everyone this season, aren't they? So you kind of write that off. Warnock's the kind of guy to get them going again, isn't he, after that? Yeah, it's not. It's again like us taking a two-nil loss there. I don't think you can look too much at four-nil against Burnley. No. Um, reading the match reports, apparently they were fucking sensational. Um, so yeah, I I I'm dreading. Aren't we there final day of the season? Yeah, their coronation. Um, I think. Yeah, their coronation. Same weekend as the King's coronation. Look at that royalty. That's why I said it at the start. And then, yeah, if we're there and we need something from it on the last day, oh boy. Well, hopefully they're pissed up by then. Because they should be, they should be well and truly. Oh, they're out of sight already. Aren't they? Yeah, them. I think there's no doubt they're winning the league. But um, yeah, they're twelve. I didn't know they were twelve points ahead of second. Absolutely, yeah, they're pissing it. it. Yeah, they're nineteen ahead of third. Christ, it's a procession. Um, Tom, other results that went away. Blackpool lost, which led to um, a classic Nick McCarthy performance in the press conference when he was asked, <laughs> "One win in seventeen, it can't go on, can it?" And he said, "It can." Um, it's nice, isn't it, that other football clubs are having to deal with the prick that is Mick McCarthy. Oh, he's good to watch when he's not your own manager. <laughs> That's I it, though, quite yeah. enjoyable <laughs> now. I, I don't know what all of us was about. He is a miserable bastard, don't he? And he, he just come up with something to give you know a bit of confidence to your players and your fans instead of just being a sour faced ass. Like there's just no, <laughs> there's just no need for it. Like, he's, but Ben is spot on. It's so much more fun when it's not your team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot funnier then. Yeah, God, he is a, just a miserable ass. Like, but I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of that going around at the moment where managers are being honest, and I thought it'd be refreshing, but I don't think it is actually. Yeah. I think I want, <laughs> I'd want my manager to lie to me and say everything is all right because it's, it's miserable when they say you're fucked. You know, Sabri <laughs> did it a couple of games in, and I was like, oh, that's not very nice to hear. But <laughs> someone like Warnock, right? If you look at someone like Mick McCarthy, Mick McCarthy will dig you out in public, and I'm pretty sure he'll dig you out in private. Warnock's the kind of bloke who'll probably shout at you behind closed doors but will go to a press conference and largely defend you, right? Or largely say, like like he did with us, when things are going so badly with us, or were going badly with us, he talked about Brexit. Like, he will offer a deflection that means all the pressure goes on to him. Mick McCarthy doesn't do that, does he, Ben? No. He's got no... He's got no desire to save anyone's skin if it's going shit. Only his own. Yeah, well, not yeah. even his own, actually. No, he doesn't. He, he, <laughs> that's the weird. That's what makes it weirder, I think, is even if it goes well, he's not trying to take the praise. It's really no. strange. It's just, yeah, it's shit, isn't it? I'm shit. <laughs> this is shit. Everything's shit. Blackpool's is shit. shit. <laughs> um, Swansea is still drawing one all with Rotherham by the looks of things. I think they're in, the 90, they're in the 90... Oh, has it just gone full time? Yeah. My Google hasn't dated. They're, the, they're in the 100th minute, according to Google. So yeah, it's finished, yeah. Um, Another res- go on, go on. Another result's not that could have gone a lot worse for us, couldn't it? Yeah, the only thing is that they're rather above us with the game in hand. So no, that no, was the game. Oh, that was the game. Oh, that was it. Google is it updating for me? <laughs> yeah, so they're two points above us, which isn't the end of the world, is it? I think you know One they're still they're still down there. Like Birmingham are only three ahead of us now as well. I still yeah. think keep. I know keep our bought Ainsworth in, but I still think they're in trouble. I, I just they, they're yeah. eight points above the relegation zone. I think, like like with us, I think a couple of results have kind of nobody's really kind of kicked on below us really as much as they yeah. needed to to kind of claw it back. And that's a lot of there's just a lot of poor teams in this league this year. Like watching a lot of that Swansea Rotherham game before coming on this. Oh, it was rubbish. Two, it was two rubbish. poor teams. 
you know, it, it it's a shocking, and that's why it's worrying that we're 21st out of this bag of shit that seems to be around <laughs> us. But, you know, I, 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 yeah, I still think we might be all right just because it's so poor around us. I keep I keep veering bef- between we're going to be all right because it is so poor around us, or we're thinking we're going to be all right, and then two games left of the season will somehow be four points adrift, and we'll go, ah, oh, fuck, it's not going to be all right. <laughs> we've kind of slept walk. We we keep saying it. We might sleepwalk into relegation, right? Like we think we've got a better squad than we probably have. We think that we have more quality than we have, and we're better than the other teams around us. But all it's going to take now is Huddersfield beating us and them to win one more game, and we could all of a sudden be in deep trouble. Yeah, and it's the fixtures aren't exactly like the fixtures we've got to remain. Like, that's where I'm sort of like, I keep on thinking I'll be fine. Towards the end of the year, they're fucking tough. They're it's also, really, it's, really it's it's also tough games, but we've also got to play within the, we've got to play Rotherham, Bristol obviously this week, Preston, whatever, Rotherham on the 18th of March, Blackpool on the 7th of April, and then Stoke and Huddersfield within a week of each other in April. Those games are all, you know, to quote Brian's Gunn's favourite videos, they're all effectively six-pointers at this stage, aren't they? Um, And if we haven't put relegation to bed at that point, then we couldn't be in deep shit because all of a sudden there's four cup finals there that um, we have to time. You're you're, you're holding your nose in in a kind of anxious pose. Um, It's worrying, isn't it? Yeah, I do this. Like, I reckon at least 25 times a day now where I'm like, ah, we're fine. Oh, no, we're fucked. Oh, no, four points is probably enough of a cushion because everyone else is rubbish around us. Of course it's not. We've got to play them. And it's just, yeah. it's absolutely draining. <laughs> and like, I, I'm crying out for mid-table mediocrity now. I, you know, I thought I thought there's always some fun in a relegation scrap. But it's different when you're in the Premier League because you drop to the Championship and that's fine. But if you drop from the Championship to League One, it's a very different story. And yeah, it is. Like I said, it's just absolutely draining at the moment. I do find myself like in work every 40 minutes just to look at the table, even though I know it's not going to change, but I, I, as if I'd like notice something else. And it's normally something bad, like that we don't score any fucking goals and everyone else scores more than us. But yeah, it's, it's hard work, isn't it? I've just worked out, you know where Mick said it can get worse? I've worked out why he said it can get worse. Oh, well, they've got Burnley. They've got Burnley next. <laughs> <laughs> yes! There we go. I'm happy again. This is what they- happens. They've got to play. If you look at their fixtures, they've got QPR, they've also got Wigan, and they've got Birmingham, and they've got us. So all of us are all playing each other at some like it's good. Like every game's going to end in a draw, or there'll be one win somewhere for someone that will really fuck things up. Um, Ben, I'm putting you on the spot. Who's getting relegated? Who who out of that bottom six seven? Who do you think is going to get relegated eventually? I still think someone's getting pulled into it. Um, I'm going to go Wigan and Blackpool, and. I'm gonna stick with QPR. I'm going long shot. I think Ooh, they're so poor. brave. You think they'll improve? You think Angels will at least tighten them up a little bit? Well, it didn't start on Saturday, did it? I know, but I think he only got appointed on Friday, so I let him have that one. No, I'll him. defend him a little bit. <laughs> um, Tom, I just see it. I think the current bottom three will go, and if if someone is going to get pulled into, it, I think it might be Birmingham. But I think. I think that bottom three are, they've been down there all year. Yeah. And I know we haven't been far above them, but they have been consistently poor with the odd result here and there. So I think it might stay as it is. Positive. I, I, think we, I, think, I think we're going to get relegated. I think Huddersfield are going to get out of it. I just think like, they, they've got through the hard bit now. They've gone, all right, we, we lost to Burnley 4-0. There's nothing else to lose now, really. 
They're going to, you know, Warnock's the kind of guy who will just galvanize them. And they only need to win. Like we were talking about when Lamucci came in, he said like five or six games now. Like everyone is so bad that you probably need to win another two or three games. And you only, you, you need to get one result against a team around you. And that'll be enough to kind of put some distance there. Like I'd, I'd be surprised if Blackpool win another game this season, the way they're going. Blackpool will probably get relegated easily. Wigan and Huddersfield are going to put up more of a fight. Basically, I'm shitting myself. Yeah, yeah same. It's not fun, is it? No, I'm gonna, it's not like, at all. I've genuinely got a modium in the draw next to me at all times. That's <laughs> an age thing more than anything. But um, yeah, it's nothing to do with the football. It's nothing to do with the football at all. Um, right. For a bit of levity, let's move on to a Wikipedia nugget. We haven't done this for a little while. Um, I'd be very surprised if you get this. <laughs> um, but I'm, I've, I've done it. I had another one, but I thought it was too easy. So I've um, I've got this one. So uh, this guy, um, it's under their um, uh, it's under their media career, but it could also be personal life or post football ventures. This player was featured on the Sky Sports series. Where are Where are they now? In two thousand and eight when he was the co-owner of security company T1 Protection, specialising in bodyguards to celebrities and other wealthy customers while travelling abroad. Former Cardiff player, he was featured on the Sky Sports series, where are they now, in 2008, when he was the co-owner of security company T1 Protection, specialising in supplying bodyguards to celebrities and other wealthy customers while travelling abroad. I was going to say Willow Flood, but 2008. <laughs> um, same era as Willow Flood. I feel like I've heard this, and I—that's the thing. It's in my head. I've like, I think I know. Go on. You think you know? Have a, have a guess. Kevin Campbell. Ben, any advances on Kevin Campbell? No. Do you agree that it could be Kevin Campbell? It could well be. I haven't got a clue. If it ain't Willow Flood, I ain't got a clue. Tom. It's Kevin Campbell. Oh! <laughs> First Canada now Campbell. Come on. I was I, I was going to read his personal life one, but this is also could be under media. It's like he ran a record label, Too Wicked, with the label's first signing being Mark Morrison, uh, Return of the Mac. <laughs> um, which is and it, it's like a a smorgasbord of like late nineties, early two thousands music. It says like Mark Morrison. Uh, with the first song, Return, you know, Return of the Mac. Then it says Punjabi MC. And it's like all these like one-off rappers <laughs> from the early two thousands that um, I used to be obsessed with. Um, well done, Tom. I don't know what we haven't done a Wikipedia nugget in a while, but I think I'm ahead of you. Um, but um, did you was that guess? No, I feel like I've been bored at some point and done what you do, and I've just, just look been at, look at footballers' Wikipedias. Yeah, it's either come up on Twitter or I've got I've been really, really bored one weekend. He's but... done it under the cosh, hasn't he? He, he has done it under the cosh. He did a two-parter, I think, and I think there was something about it there. That's why it jogged my like nice. Yeah, I've got head. a feeling. Yeah, I've got a feeling like seeing his name made me Google it or something. But there we go, I'll take it. It's a win we all needed, I reckon. Uh, I haven't seen under the cosh recently. Um, moving on to Twitter, uh, friend of the pod, Ryan Marsh. We weren't as good as Norwich, and that's okay. Um, Oliver Reese, 10 out of 10 for Ben James's outfit yesterday. Thank you, Oliver. Can't say the same about the game. Concourse packed by 36th minute. It's a worry that you don't know which card are going to turn up. 12 more cup finals to come. Was wearing quite a natty outfit, wasn't I, Tom? It was. A, yeah, you wore a lovely retro shirt. 
Um, not sure about the trousers, but very nice shirt. They're just Carhartt jeans. Oh, just I'm not sure. Perhaps I'm not the style icon you are, Ben. No, I don't think anyone is. Um, for, for anyone who's at home who's wondering, it was a supreme leopard print barber on top, and I was wearing the Tom Sack general shoe on foot with a Carhartt jean and a striker 94-95 Cardiff City shirt. Um, people need to know what I'm wearing, Ben. I'm a style icon. Dan Walker said it. So you've been to Norwich, and within, what, two days turned into Alan Partridge from that finish there? <laughs> Um, I, I think I've always been slightly partridge. That no, but that was the most partridge. The ha- it was the yeah. hand motions to the camera as well. Of a... <laughs> it was peak. I'm bouncing back. There may be a book behind that. Um, James Roberts all sounded very positive, apart from a 20 minute spell. Watch the goals back. I'm not saying I'm an, I'm an expert keeper, but should Olsop be doing better for the first goal, or am I being harsh? I don't think you're being harsh at all. Uh, Brandon Arthur didn't do an awful lot wrong. Could have been different if Philogene had his shooting boots on. Harsher take Wickham off at half-time. Uh, ben, did you agree with Wickham going off at half-time? No, I thought he was out of the strikers on the pitch. I thought he was the only one sort of... Well, the outlets on the pitch. He was the only one sort of looking to hold the ball up and make stuff happen. I was... Out of all the subs, he was the one I was surprised to see him come off. But I can see why he did it as well. He wanted those two fresh legs there and sort of just go for the battering ram option. Mm-hmm. Four fresh legs or two fresh legs? Well, four fresh legs. You bought on two strikers. There we go. See? Got to get it right. Got to get the maths right. Um, Gareth Dunning. I watched the first half hour. Would it be over the top to say that first 20 was arguably our best 20 minutes this season? The lack of goal likely chalks that off, but we were in complete control. Pressed well and created. Same issue, I'm afraid. Shit up hands when you see goals. Um, you could say it was our best 20 minutes of the season, Tom, but it's a low bar, isn't it? Because yeah, that, as much really as we did, we did play well, we just created nothing. Yeah, when we say, you know, in the same sentence, go best half hour of the season, shit our pants, it shows that it's been, you know, a bit underwhelming at times. I don't think it probably was our best. No, I don't think it was. I thought we were good, but not like it wasn't no. like amazing. Oh, this is like we're, we're on our way back sort of stuff. It was good. I think I think that's why it felt a little bit like we're on our way back because we'd had two wins before it. I think as an isolated period, I don't think it was that great. But at that point, it felt like momentum was with us, and then it quickly died out. But it was it was decent. Uh, Sam Hill, we were competitive against a good Norwich side. Could have gone 1-2-0 up early on, but Norwich's quality in the final third shone through. Olsop needs to do better on the first. Poor shot stopper. Lamucci looks to find a new number one if he's here next season, in my opinion. Big Hugh Phillips, encouraging start, but letting a poor first goal. Olsop unsighted a little bit, but should have scored. Loved the retro shirts worn. Big shout out for the retro shirts. Tom, what retro shirt were you wearing? I was wearing another South Wales Echo number. What, what year would mine be? 92, 93, or 93, 94, I think. Yeah, one of those. Mine was, mine was 94, 95 striker. Tom's was made by Bluebird. And Reese was wearing a 1990, 1991 influence shirt, I believe. No sponsor on that one. God, that's even more partridge there, isn't it, Ben? That was quite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, and for any of the people out there looking for um, nepotism, uh, Hugh Phillips is Tom Phillips' dad. Yeah. Here in Packer, I think in all honesty, we expected defeat even with two wins. We got we won't get relegated on this result. It's a two derby home game, Stoke and Huddersfield at home, rather than a black ball away where we need to get the wins. Anything else is a bonus in my eye. Um, uh, Giggsy again, also as we played Norwich, Norwich favorite mustard on a hot dog. Ben, I think you can't go wrong with English mustard on a hot dog. Well, no, the, all the American ones, sorry, the American mustard, Frank, on like the dog. yellow one. Sorry, I can't, it's not yeah. Frank's, is it? But I know the one you mean, yeah, on a, on a hot dog, uh, Tom. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same. Franks, please. I'll have Franks as well. If not, a bit of whole grain. 
Um, Reese Jenkins, uh, any reference to the Funkin' cans would be great. Um, Tom was buying 24 cans of Funkin' Nitro Cocktail, 12 Pina Colada, 12 Passion Fruit Martini uh, flavour for the journey back from Norwich. A good idea. No. And it resulted in Reese Jenkins singing show tunes for an hour and a half. <laughs> so... Um... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our travelling companion, another Reese Reese Williams, Reese Daffo too on Twitter, uh, listen to the pod, um, bothering Jack Alnwick. Yeah, Jack Alnwick wasn't impressed by the looks of it, but there we go. So well, yeah, he was, was Alnwick on the train. He yeah. was on the train back from um, Norwich to London, and Reese uh, Reese Williams insisted on going to offer him two Funkin cans. Um, if you if you for those the uninitiated, uninitiated out there. They're, they're cans of cocktail, but they're nitro surge. So when you open them, they fizz a little bit. Um, but also, they were really cheap. They were 12 cans for £12. And also, my mouth feels fucking horrible now because I probably drank about 10 of them. <laughs> Your teeth must be, like, so soft from all the sugar. It like Oh, my, my it feels like a layer of, like a layer of skin has come off my mouth. Um, and Reese Williams said to mention the Jeffrey Dharma, Jeffrey Dharma shout as well. Um, if that man from Norwich is listening, thanks for that. It was hilarious. And the final question on the retro kit theme, um, Ben and Tom from my brother Adam, talking about, you know, we, we, we can start thinking about next season um, if we still have a club. What retro kit should New Balance take inspiration from for next year's kits and why? Um, ben, you're a kit mogul uh, with your Tour Sports Association. Uh, what retro kit would you like to see? I think everyone wants to go for the uh, Robin Friday kit, but I'm more leaning towards, I can't remember the sponsor, but it's the blue sort of white V-neck with like the white pinstripes. Is it like the Buckley's Brewery one? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, I'd quite like to see that. I don't know why, but yeah. Made by Admiral, I believe. Maybe, yeah. So yeah, that's what I was doing. Football kit archive the other day, that's why I know this. Uh, Did you go for that? Tom? I like the 97-98 Giles Sports kit. I like the detail of the yellow and the white down the shoulder, down the arm. So I'd quite like to see that back. And it's got like a lovely like pattern in the back as well. And there was a Giles Sports near my house, so I think it's a nostalgia thing. Sure, was your Giles Sports by your house in a closing down sale for about 16 years? Because the one yes. in that was closing down, for, I think, longer than, longer than it actually was, like, wasn't. It was like um, Sports Direct, before it was Sports Direct, when, when I knew it, it was the Donny shop, was always in perennially closing down. It was always 80% off closing down sale. Um, Tom, you answered that kit question like someone answering like their GCSE in French. I like the 97, 98 kit. It has a nice blue bit on the sleeve. Quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I'd written it out. I'd practiced <laughs> it before coming on the pod. <laughs> um, I would probably go for... I'd probably go for... I'd probably go for I'd probably go for the mod plan ninety eight ninety nine centenary kit. I like the V neck on it. I like the white detailing on it. I like the fact it looks like that if it saw a match, it would get set on fire. So <laughs> I'd like it to be made out of that material, please, as well. So that, you it know when you run up against how combustible that like the like the whole of Ninian Park was during like the nineties with those kits. Yeah, they were like one static spark away from the whole place going up. Yeah, they were made of pure polyester. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's what you get with such quality kit manufacturers as Influence, Strike Force, Zara, um, X-A-R-A, I think it was, um, and uh, Aria. Aria? How do you yeah. say that? Aria, yeah. 
Yeah, they're Italian. Uh, I think they make Norwich's kit still at the moment. Um, good, good kit chat, everyone. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash the FT Ninian for all your Twitter banter needs. Uh, we always do a little shout out for um, comments and questions and all that kind of good stuff before the pod. Um, ben, coming to you on this one because I know you have a visceral hatred for Bristol City. Are we playing Bristol City on Saturday? Um, how are you feeling? Annoyed just at the thought yeah. of them existing, to be honest. Lee Johnson's not even there anymore, is he? And he's still annoyed. No, but he's at Hibs, and I've always preferred Hearts, so fuck him as well, the slug. Is he at Hibs? He is, yeah. yeah. He's still at Hibs? Somehow, yeah. I was sure he got sacked. No one's poured salt on him yet. <laughs> he's a little <laughs> slug. little slug with no personality. Uh, Tom, um, what are you thinking about Bristol? I can't stand them. They're in good form. They've moved the kickoff to early, and it's not on TV. So it's just like a really irritating... You know, combination of circumstance really at the moment, but I'm dreading it. We we went from like having a half decent record against them at one point to being woeful against them over the last few years, and they're never good games as well in the last few as well. And they've got a few exciting youngsters, and it's just like oh, it seems to be quite a bad time to play them because they they're, they're in mental form. Yeah, I know it's like ten games unbeaten or something. Ten games unbeaten, including the cup. Um, so eight in the league, two in the cup. Um, but they played in that time. They'd beaten Norwich. They'd beaten Preston. They battered West Brom. They beat Swansea. They beat Birmingham, and they have drawn with Swansea in that time as well. Um, but they're in really good form because I thought they were having a shit season, and they hadn't had a penalty for like four hundred and ninety days, and they seem to have had two or three in the last couple of games now. Yeah, it, it, they've just got like a couple of academy products that seem to have burst onto the scene over the last like few months, and I don't know. There's an, I, I I I genuinely thought they'd go down this year. I thought they'd yeah. be in that bottom three, but they've turned it around recently in, in some fashion. So it's a massive game. We need to show up for this because I'm like, you know, we keep hearing it. I'm like sick of us not turning up for derby games. And it's not just another game, it does mean more. And this will be a hard one to take if we lose this. And a part of me would possibly take a draw, to be honest, at the moment, because we've got, like you said, we've got to play those other teams around this and they're more important. And I think just not losing this game could be huge for just morale around the club. Um, ben, what changes are you making? Obviously, we we, we talked about Rolls not being at his best on Saturday. We talked about um, all stopping goals. I mean, maybe not that drastic, but you want to start this game on the front foot. So what changes are you making to the starting eleven? I'd love to be quite attacking. Like You need a bit of movement. I'd look at starting Cabber. I, 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 I think if Isaac Davis is fit, you need some. You need that energy that Robinson's yeah. lost. So I think he's got. I think it, him or even Mark Harris. Like Mark Harris got a really good goal, um, for the under twenty ones the other day. Like a properly good goal. Um, so he might be worth an option because he's he's energy, and that's what we were missing up top. Um, I'd put. I quite like Philogene at right wing back. Um, I think he he's been playing a bit better. The Rovers still not quite hit the heights of earlier the season since he's come back from injury. So him at right wing back for me. And then, yeah, midfield with Sawyers and Wintle, and maybe if you need a bit of back, a bit more, someone in there, uh, Rinamotta possibly. I'd bring Rinamotta in. I, I still don't like. I'm, I'm annoyed that we haven't seen the best of Rinamotta this season because they were against Middlesbrough where we beat them up at, at the Riverside in Morrison's last game or whatever it was. Part of the reason we won was because of his press and his energy, and I don't see, you know. Rolls Winter Sawyers, they have their own merits, but as a three, they're so static and they don't seem to press like Renamotta does. If you bring a bit of pressure, then that helps the attacking team. It helps the whole team get up because you press with him. 
Instead, we just seem to be content to play a very flat midfield. It's really annoying. You put legs in there, don't you? And that's yeah. what he offers, especially when, like, I think we're working out how to get the best out of sizes. He comes from deep and sort of dictates the game from a bit further back than probably he'd want to do. So if you can have someone with the energy in the legs to get the ball moving and sort of free up the space for him, then Rinomata's the perfect guy for us in that squad. Yeah, for me, it would be a really good option him in the midfield. Tom, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think uh, we we have been lacking that energy um, for a large part of the season. And I think like the two wins that we got as well, there was large periods of both of those games as well where we still lacked a bit of energy. Yeah, so I think something like that would, and especially in a, you know, a high octane game like against a, a, a nearest rival as well. It's exactly what we need in there. Um, Ben, just how big is Saturday? I, you know, Tom talked about taking a draw, but a win on Saturday could really set the tone going into the last ten games of the season, couldn't it? Yeah, suddenly it's three wins out of four, and a win against a rival can really get that feel good factor going as well. Especially if it's a bit of a convincing one. If you two nil win against Bristol. Could be like the perfect result for our season, just to get us going and just really bring a feel good factor. It's properly, it's been simmering. Like people are trying to get it going. You see, like the stuff with Sol and Lamucci um, the other week at the, at the CCS. It's there's the potential there for things to be really good and sort of really sort of get back on track. This win, if like a win on Saturday against Bristol, Christ, then that that's, that goes a long way to getting it properly, bringing it back. Yeah, I think yeah, it just it just feels like it's it's you know it's it's the added edge of it being a derby, but also knowing that a win could just psychologically set us up. You know, like I say, Bristol ten games and beating and all that kind of stuff. If we get the win, Tom, it it really does kind of set the tone, doesn't it? Yeah, I just really hate losing to them. I think that's the only reason yeah. I said about the draw. But like, they've got to play Man City as well this week in the cup, so hopefully they'll put twelve past them because just knock the confidence a bit, but. Yeah, obviously, like I'd love to batter them. I, you know, so I like Ben said that that would have an, have an absolutely huge effect on our season if we did manage to get a comfortable win against them, because it does feel like we're not doing because of the football we play, but we just haven't had one in such a while now. Like I think we need it as a club, and to be honest, I don't want to be going into that Swansea game later in the season after losing another derby game before yeah. it as well. It adds another yeah. bit of pressure onto that. So yeah, I, I'd absolutely love it if we got a result because it would really spoil my weekend if we don't as well. Would it be an early one? Was that how we beat them when Sol Bamba made his debut? Have we beaten him in the intervening years since then? Pilks um, promotion year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right then, Ben predictions. Uh, I'll go two all. Whoa, high scoring game featuring Cardiff City. Get good odds on that. Tom, I think we'll lose two one. Oh, what a sour end to the podcast. We'll win 5 0. There we go. It's fine. All right. So, your real prediction is we'll lose 2 1, but you also think we'll win 5 0. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go for a draw. What all? I think you said draw for every game this season. It feels like. Yeah, it's your bets, isn't it? It's going to happen at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't think it will because you seem to love winning or losing. We're not like Blackburn, are we? Um, I'm kind of mental still there. Is what I just realised. Nigel Pearson still the Bristol City manager. Their record. I just had a look at. I've just got the league table open. They played 33 games. They have won 11, drawn 11, and lost 11. They're having the most average season you could possibly have. Their goals. Are, they, there's only two goals in in their goal difference. They've scored 43, conceded 41. 
Um, I thought he was the goner. Like I thought he'd be one of the first managers sacked this season. Yeah, Nigel Pearson, yeah, because yeah. He's, he's grouchy. Like he clearly winds people up, but he's staying the course. And like, I think this is what he does, though, doesn't he? Like he starts badly, but then like rallies them around a little bit. And now like they're, you know, they're not going to get the playoffs, but they're they're looking up the table for once rather than looking down the table. And maybe they'll think, well, maybe next season um, he's he's the man for us. But I suppose the funny thing is that they just changed their kit mid-season, so they're still a tin pot football club. It's the, yeah, well. this, I, it got ruined when I found out their sponsors like a sub laminated, you know, like the cheap knockoff ones. Everything yeah, su- it's sub laminated, so like you know, like the sponsors normally heat pressed on. These are sort Fucking of woke. Hell. It's into the kit to make it really, really cheap and horrible. Oh, uh, like it's almost like a Gaelic football because it's O'Neill's who make it. It's yeah, O'Neill's, that's, yeah, and that's yeah. what they do with all the like. They did it with Wickham, kits. yeah, yeah, Mingin. Well, on that note, on that sartorial note, it's been a sartorial podcast. Yes, I'm the best dressed football fan Cardiff City's ever got. I don't know why I said that. I really don't know why I said that. Um, thanks for listening to View from Ninian once again. Thanks for joining us as we talk all things Cardiff City once again. Twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, thanks to TerraceBadger.com for sponsoring us once again. VFTN15, 15% off TerraceBadger.com. We've kept our sponsorship to the end of the season, so we must be doing something right. Um, if you like what we do and want to help support the podcast, Kofi, KOFI.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, ben, how was football tonight? Are you looking forward to having a lie down? Yeah, I need a shower. I stink. Yeah. Tom, um, do you stink? No, I just went to the cinema and watched Cocaine Bay. So that's that was less of less arduous than playing five-a-side. Go on, give us your final review. Uh, it's absolutely mental. Um, definitely should go and see it because it's a bear fucked on cocaine chewing people's faces off. What more could you want? Classic. Anyway, <laughs> um, I haven't really mentioned Aaron Hocking this podcast, so there we go. All the best. See you later. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the Ninian With views from the Ninian Not shoes from the Ninian The view from the Ninian